This is the Troll Patrol. Live. This is with Justin. Oh shit, something's. Something's got audio up. There we go. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Friday. Sir, you do not have the power to dedicate shows to Bill Cosby. But we are going to be talking about Cosby on the show tonight. <laughs> Apparently, he's already ready to make his comeback to the comedy circuit. <laughs> Speaking of predators, Chris Hansen has turned himself in. I know how much Breed Creed loves some Chris Hansen. That man has fallen from grace, if you will. First off tonight, um, Sparkles will not be joining us. Uh, I have urged her to go and get a COVID test. She is showing all the symptoms of a vaccinated person with COVID. The sneezing that we talked about earlier this week. Have a seat. Take a seat. I also want to make mention, I didn't forget to take down my pride graphics. It's very intentional. What, did you think I was going to put up, like, American flags or some bullshit for the 4th? Ha! Hey, you may say, but Justin, you're wearing an American flag bandana right now. Yes, you're right, and I'm also wearing a shirt that has Karl Marx screaming revolution. I do things like that. You guys may not be aware of it, but, like, I have subliminal things that I do. Usually my bandana or my t-shirt will mean something if we've got something pertinent that we're talking about. If it's if it's some sort of historic event. Like, um, let me think. Uh, the debates. Um, my lights were purposely blue. But clearly I was on Biden's side. Amazingly enough. Never thought I would say those words. What's up, Tones? Warlord, welcome! Fantastic show tonight. Chaos in the courtroom after a cop takes a plea deal. The family gets irate. We're going to see the video that was earlier today in Nashville. Churches in Canada are being burnt to the ground. Statues are being toppled. We're going to talk about that. As I said, Bill Cosby ready to hit the comedy clubs again. We're going to listen to the uh, Shikari Richardson interview on NBC. I think it was the Today Show where she explains why she will not be competing in the Olympics. Hint, it's a really dumb reason. Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers saying that Ghislaine Maxwell should be freed from prison. Citing the Bill Cosby case. An Ohio police chief has resigned after playing a prank on one of his black officers. You're not going to believe what his prank was. Plus, job growth numbers, the Supreme Court wrapping up, so much more. Apparently, uh, Echoplex just tweeted out, uh, or I'm sorry, I, I can't be on the Twitter Shared out on Facebook this Christy Alley tweet. People are becoming so open-minded that down the road they will support pedophilia as people just loving children. 
You think I'm kidding? I'm not. It's the direction this insanity is headed. You can okay boomer me all you want, but this is where we will veer unless we change. Wow. Did you say petty? What? Pettyphilia. She did say pettyphilia. I didn't even notice it, Tones. Thank you for pointing that out. Starting off tonight, uh, one of those, you know, memes where the dude's sitting there like, everything's fine and it's all on fire. Antarctica has hit a record high. The hottest. The independent here is not let me scroll. <laughs> The hottest ever temperature recorded in Antarctica has been confirmed by leading climate scientists with the United Nations. The temperature of 18.3 degrees Celsius in the southern polar region, one of the fastest warming places on the planet, was announced by the World Meteorological Organization. Oh, the Independent. What'd I say? The reading was taken on February 6, 2020 at Argentina's Esperanza Station on the Antarctic Peninsula. The previous record of 17.5 degrees Celsius was recorded in the same spot on the 24th of March, 2015. I I want to slap the shit out of anyone that says that kind of thing. I want to I want to point out to people like there's a thing called the runner uh, the runaway greenhouse effect. It's what Venus suffers from. And it's what could happen to the earth if we reach a tipping point. Speaking of tipping things, statues are getting tipped over in Canada. You hate to see it. Statue of the Queen toppled as Canadians protest the mass graves of indigenous children. In recent weeks, over 1,000 unmarked graves for indigenous children have been discovered at former residential schools in Canada. Also, got our own problem with it here in the U.S. And a wave of anger is sweeping over the nation as it confronts its dark past. On Thursday, it was Canada Day which is usually a day of celebration to mark the founding of the nation in the 1800s. But this year, it was a day of protest and unrest, which saw prominent statues of British monarchs, Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II, pulled from their pedestals. Hold on, it had some video, I swear. I thought I grabbed an article with video. Oh, nuts. I really wanted to watch that statue coming over. I really wanted to f- watch this fucking video. I am so sorry. 
Over 150,000 Indigenous Canadian children were snatched from their families and forced to attend the schools in the 19th and 20th centuries. Canadian authorities estimate that more than 4,000 children died at the schools, but some experts put the number closer to 15,000. Well, if you, if you guys will find the video for me, I'll, I will certainly play it. Belinda Vanderbroek. A residential school survivor who was at the protest, sold, uh, she told the CBC she felt no remorse over the statue toppling. Let's see if we can... We have video here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Here we go. Yay! Until now, this statue of Queen Victoria was the most prominent here on the Manitoba legislative grounds, sitting front and center for all to see. Now a constant stream of people are coming to see what the statue looks like now. A crowd of about 15 youths pulled down the statue late on Thursday afternoon. Now after it happened, Good job. turns posing for photos standing on top of the statue. Did they teabag it? Many children wearing orange shirts. I teabag it. Sea of orange shirts on Canada Day. They've come to symbolize the 150,000 First Nation, Métis and Inuit children forced to attend Canada's residential schools. Thousands marched here to the legislature, demanding the country acknowledge its past. When they arrived, the large crowd was peaceful, but a little over an hour after the statue had been pulled down, two police officers showed up and attempted to arrest one man. It's unclear if that person was for or against the statue being taken down. A scuffle broke out. More than a dozen police cruisers arrived. Wow. was tased and brought into custody. Many families and children were present when it happened, we Still a lot blotter than what they do here in the U.S. Happened. They have not answered our questions. Now, this statue is not the only one to be taken down on Canada Day here in Winnipeg. A smaller statue of Queen Elizabeth II on the east side of the legislative building was also torn down. Marina. Fuck yeah. Also, something that you hate to see, churches being burned to the ground. Oh, that is the... Show well, Smith, he is helping to bring back. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just all out of it tonight. Yes, yes, uh, Will Smith saved Independence Day again. We'll talk about that here in a second. From Vice News. Smokey. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Come on, folks. He's working on it. I'll try to give you a Smokey. More churches up in flames in Canada as outrage against Catholic Church grows. Oh, what a beautiful sight. Another two Catholic churches have been torched in Canada as more indigenous nations have confirmed unmarked graves at residential school sites that likely hold the remains of indigenous children. At 3 a.m. on Wednesday, firefighters were called to a century-old Roman Catholic church just north of Edmonton after it lit up in flames. The St. Jean-Baptiste Parish in Alberta was basically destroyed in the fire. The fire was also reported at 4.20 a.m. local time. 
That is exactly what she's implying. And I hate that too. I had the biggest crush on Christy Alley when I was younger. And I actually watched, uh, I watched Wrath of Khan not that long ago. And, whoo. <laughs> but she has gone a little, whoo, whoo. In less than two weeks, at least seven churches, all but one Catholic, have been found on fire across Canada. Catholic churches across the country have also been defaced, many strewn in blood, red hand, and footprints. Some have had stuffed animals placed near the entrance, while one church in Saskatchewan had the words, I almost called it Saskatoon. How do you know know I'm older? Oh, we talked, it was my birthday not that long, (laughs) that's right. I bet it is hot in Canada. And I also bet it's hot in the places where these these assholes that killed indigenous children are. As if I believe in a fucking... Tried to make a joke. Last month, uh, the First Nations confirmed 215 unmarked graves at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School... Across Canada, calls are mounting for the country and the Catholic Church to face criminal charges for crimes against humanity and genocide, and many lifelong Catholics are considering leaving the church altogether. Good. Here in the U.S., the Supreme Court wrapped up its term either today or last night. I can't remember exactly when. From the Hill, five takeaways from the Supreme Court's term. Supreme Court just completed its first term with former President Trump's nominees accounting for a third of the justices. Dozens of cases decided this term, which included landmark rulings on voting rights and the First Amendment, provided the clearest indication yet of the 6-3 conservative court's increasingly rightward tilt. Here are the five takeaways. The court is shifting to the right. Nah, shit. I, it's a good thing they've wrapped up. I don't want any more decisions from this fucking court. Many on the right had hoped and liberals feared that the 6-3 conservative court would veer sharply to the right. Amazingly enough, it's been Gorsuch. Or I mean, not Gorsuch, it's been Kavanaugh. That's sided with the liberals in the couple of cases. On Thursday, the final day of the term, those expectations were borne out with a pair of 6-3 votes that broke along ideological lines. The conservative majority upheld two geo-backed Arizona voting restrictions and struck down a California law requiring charities to disclose their major donors. And that was like the last nail in the coffin of any kind of transparency following uh, Citizens United Before Thursday, the justices had charted a more incremental rightward shift. I think they were doing it for the sheer purpose of... Because it's Robert selects the, you know, the cases that they're going to decide if they're going to decide on them or not, right? I think he has been trying to show, like, oh, we're, we're not as... Right is what you see, and they've been—he's been trying to throw layups at them. 
For instance, in one high-profile case this term, the court ruled unanimously for a Catholic charity over same-sex couples seeking adoptions, but only on relatively narrow grounds. The justices also spared, uh, they also spared Obamacare from its third major Republican challenge. The court managed to reach consensus in several hot-button cases, despite its rightward lean. Some experts attributed this to Chief Justice John Roberts' judicial minimalism. So David Cole, the national legal director for the ACLU, argued uh, that student that's the student's free speech case where the cheerleader was dropping the F-bombs. He successfully argued the student spe- uh, speech rights case this term, which garnered an 8 to one victory, with Clarence Thomas being the lone dissenter. Pugan. Overall, the Chief Justice's skill for bridging the ideological divide was still visible this term, some experts said. Or it continued its practice of issuing favorable rulings to religious interests, which is no surprise. The court delivered another blow to the 1965 Voting Rights Act by ruling that a pair of Arizona voting restrictions did not run afoul of protections for minority groups. The 6-3 decision came eight years after the court gutted a separate provision of the landmark law that had effectively given the Justice Department veto power over racially suspect changes to voting procedures in place with a history of discrimination. And guess, guess what happened? Guess what happened when they struck that down? States like Georgia, Alabama, all started passing restrictions. I wonder why. Court watchers are wondering if this term's trajectory in which the conservative majority showed a degree of restraint will give way to an even sharper right turn. I bet it will. Some say it's simply too soon to tell. Given the generally slow-moving pace of the law, a single term is a tiny sample size, and this latest term may not have reflected the most illuminating of test cases. Now, the one thing I will say is that judges tend to go to the left after they've been seated. And that was one of the things our founders removed them from the political process by giving them lifetime appointments. I've had um, debates with people about this. I'm I'm open to term limits for judges, but also like the lifetime appointment things. I mean, if you have a term limit for a judge, like once you've been on the Supreme Court, you shouldn't be allowed to enter politics or serve like as a lobbyist or some shit. If you're going to have term limits for the judge, you have to put some restriction there. Or otherwise they might use their power on the court to help themselves, after, that's that's the reason why the founders put the lifetime appointments in there to remove politics from it. And it's and they were correct. Most justices tend to actually come back towards the left, or at least the center. All right, so job numbers came out today, and apparently they were pretty good. So Biden is going to get up and brag about it. We get prepared to celebrate Independence Day. Uh, 
Today's job news uh, brought us uh, something else to celebrate. This morning, we learned that in June, our economy created 850,000 jobs. Now, I do want to juxtapose, while, while this is good news, I guess, I want to juxtapose that uh, against the fact that COVID is up across the country. Especially in states which have uh, revoked the federal unemployment insurance benefits. Specifically, the counties I'm sitting in are at extreme high risk right now. And that's one of the reasons why I'm worried about my friend Sparkles. 850,000 jobs. Wages went up for American workers. Since it took office, our recovery has created an average $600,000. I wish they they probably wish those 600,000 jobs paid $600,000 a year. Yes, yes. Jobs per month. We've now created over 3 million jobs since it took office. More jobs than have ever been created in the first five months of any presidency in modern history, thanks to the incredible work of the entire team. This now, is- now, now, while that is, that is a true fact, however, you got to put it with the caveat that, you know, he's coming in from, like, mass layoffs. He came into office, you know, at the end of a pandemic. Right in the middle of a pandemic before it gets ready to rage again. Pulling our economy out of the worst crisis in a hundred years. Driven in part by our dramatic progress in vaccinating our nation and beating back the pandemic, as well as other elements of the American Rescue Plan. Today, Don't do anything I wouldn't do. However, that doesn't limit your options very much at all. economy, where the OECD projections of future output are higher today than they were in January 2020 before the pandemic hit. And America was ranked first in Bloomberg's COVID resilience ranking. Now, what does Bloomberg know? Again, it's a direct result of the American Rescue Plan. And at the time, people questioned whether or not... He couldn't even beat your ass for president. Why would we listen to Bloomberg about anything? It worked. In February, the Congressional Budget Office projected 2021 economic growth would be 3.7%. Yesterday, they doubled Bless up you. to 7.4%. In large part, thanks to the American Rescue Plan and our work to defeat the virus. Now, also, apparently, the Vorm Bureau tweeted out some sort of number that prices are down like 11 cents or some shit like that. And it's, it's like making rot-wingers' heads explode. <laughs> prices are down 11 cents, and they're like, That can't be true! Gas prices are three fifty again! <laughs> What's up, Lisa? The last time the economy grew at this rate was in 1984, and Ronald Reagan was telling us it's morning in America. Well, it's getting close to afternoon here. The sun is coming out. At the time, the CBO revised their long. Sun doesn't come out in the afternoon, Joe. Run deficit projections down as a share of GDP. They just, they just. Have okay, been- man. It's okay. I fuck up my analogies too. Financial position, and it grows our economy. It's continuing to grow our economy. Now, um, 
at that same press conference, Joe got a little testy when he was asked about, because, you know, it's all nice and well and good that he gets up there and talks about job numbers. But, Joe, as good as you've been with dealing with the pandemic and the domestic affairs and everything, you've also, you know, committed war crimes, you asshole! Uh, I think they're asking about the pullout, not the not the not the uh, bombing of the Iranian militias. Is threatened, which some of your intelligence reports have suggested it could be in six months or thereabouts. Do you think you've got the capability to help provide any kind of air support, military support to them to to keep the capital safe, even if the U.S. troops are obviously fully out by that? We have uh, worked out an over-horizon capacity that we can be value-added. But the- when he says an over-the-horizon capacity, he's saying that we're going to be in a base in another country and we're going to be sending drones. That's what he means. Afghans are going to have to be able to do it themselves with the Air Force they have, which you're helping them maintain. Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer any more question on Afghanistan. Look, it's 4th of July. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I bet you don't want to answer any more questions about Afghanistan, do you? You guys are asking me questions at all. Now we'll follow up. It, it seems like we uh, evacuated like one of our biggest bases there today, and that they are on track to be out like faster than what they projected, like the beginning of August, I believe it is. Next week, but I'm just a holiday. Oh, good. We're going to celebrate it. There's great things happening. Economy's growing faster than any time in 40 years. We've got a record number of new jobs. COVID deaths are down 90%. Wages are up faster than any time in 15 years. We're bringing out our, bringing our troops home. We have- but Joe, there's a whole mess down at the border, don't you know, that the Republicans made up. And, and CRT is invading our schools, don't you know? All across America, people are going to ball games and doing good things. This is a good. I'll be. I'll answer all your negative questions. Not negative. Your legitimate questions. <laughs> your negative questions. No, no, no. Your legitimate questions. I predicted it would be more into the fall before we started seeing Joe Biden act like Joe Biden, but apparently we're going to go ahead and get it now. Ah. <sighs> All right, let's talk about uh, Julian Assange, shall we? I'm not exactly up with what's going on. So let's get the facts, shall we? This from, I'm going to fuck it up. Stunden? I can't tell you about the veracity, but this was the primary source that all the other sources that I did trust cited. Did the original reporting. So, key witness in Assange case admits to lies in indictment. A major witness in the United States Department of Justice case against Julian Assange has admitted to fabricating key accusations in the indictment against the WikiLeaks founder. Now, I do want to point out that I am not a fan of Julian Assange, but it has nothing to do with WikiLeaks. There are other reasons I'm not a fan of Julian Assange. A major witness in the United States Department of Justice. Like, in this case, specifically, I'm on Assange's side. 
A major witness in the United States Department of Justice case against Julian Assange has admitted to fabricating key accusations in the indictment against the WikiLeaks founder. The witness, who has a documented history of uh, with sociopathy and has received several convictions for sexual abuse of minors and wide-ranging financial fraud, made the admission in a newly published interview in Stunden where he also confessed to having continued his crime spree whilst working with the Department of Justice and FBI and receiving a promise of immunity from prosecution. That sounds perfectly plausible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, uh, the rape charges and shit against him. But hey, like... Maybe those are also fabricated. Who fucking in this case though, I am I'm on the man's side. Man in question, I'm gonna fuck his name up. The Gurdur Ingi Thordosan was recruited by US authorities to build a case against Assange after misleading them to believe he was previously a close associate of his. In fact, he had volunteered on a limited basis to raise money for WikiLeaks in 2010, but was found to have used the opportunity to embezzle more than 50 grand. Julian Assange was visiting Thor Dorison's home country of Iceland around the time due to his work with Icelandic media and members of parliament in preparing the Icelandic Modern Media Initiative, a press freedom project that produced a uh, parliamentary resolution supporting, I almost called it a paramilitary, resolution supporting whistleblowers and investigative journalism. The United States is currently seeking Assange's extradition from the United Kingdom in order to try him for espionage relating to the release of leaked classified documents. If convicted, he could face up to 175 years in prison. The indictment has sparked fears for press freedoms in the United States and beyond and prompted strong statements in support of Assange from Amnesty International, Reporters Without Borders, and editorial staff of The Washington Post and many others. U.S. officials presented an updated version of an indictment against him to a magistrate court in London last summer. The veracity of the information contained therein is now directly contradicted by the main witness whose testimony it is based on. Court documents refer to Mr. Thordeson simply as teenager in a reference to his youthful appearance rather than his true age. He is 28 years old. Weird for court documents, but hey, they do things a little different in Iceland, where Bjork's from. And Iceland as NATO country won, but make no real effort to hide the identity of either. They purport to show that Assange instructed Thordeson to commit computer intrusions or hacking in Iceland. The aim of this addition to the indictment was apparently to shore up and support the conspiracy charge against Assange in relation to his interactions with Chelsea Manning. Those occurred around the same time he resided in Iceland, and the authors of the indictment felt they could strengthen their case by alleging he was involved in illegal activity there as well. This activity was said to include attempts to hack into the computers of members of parliament and record their conversations. Clearly... The oligarchy felt that Julian Assange was a problem that needed to be dealt with.
So I I find him not to be a hero, but once again, he shouldn't be thrown in prison. Somebody who should be thrown in prison, though, is Trump. And according to George Conway, uh, his kids should be worried. And the company's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, have been charged with an alleged scheme stretching back to 2005 to, quote, compensate Weisselberg and other Trump organization executives in a manner that was off the books. And the indictment carries a lot more than that. Joining us now to talk about this and more, Attorney George Conway, contributing columnist at the Washington Post. It's nice to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, Kellyanne's husband, for those who are not aware. John put it this morning that I thought was very appropriate, was a smoking spreadsheet. Because there's, I mean, there's just, there is a lot here, and there are two books, and there is a pattern, and there's 15 years. What's your takeaway? Right, that's absolutely correct. I mean, we saw the Trump Organization lawyer going out on, out in front of the courthouse yesterday saying, oh, well, you know, fringe benefits, it's complicated, it's not clear, taxes, it's not, it's not clear. This is way over the line. And that spreadsheet is absolutely a smoke. So when I was reading the, I wanted to, when I did the story originally, I wanted to make sure to read the actual charges they are facing because they are incredibly serious. Right wingers are just kind of blowing them up, like, oh, this is petty. This is petty. No, it's not. Spreadsheet keeping two sets of books. I mean, the spreadsheet was basically keeping track of how much compensation he was receiving off the books so that he wouldn't be overpaid, but not reporting it to the IRS or to New York State tax authorities. And two sets of books is actually what the overall investigation is about as well. Uh, the overall investigation, which is much larger than this issue, um, is, going, is apparently looking into questions about whether or not uh, the Trump organization was sending one set of valuations for its properties to tax authorities and yet another set of more inflated evaluations to uh, insurance companies and to banks for lending and insurance purposes. So this is, you know, this is a very, very serious allegation of corruption. And, and it brings to mind uh, the case of uh, Leona Helmsley back in 1989. And uh, I don't, I mean, maybe people may not be old enough to remember that uh, like I am. But what happened? Totally. I have no fucking clue what you're talking about, Conway. What happened there was that um, she was re- renovating her house out in Connecticut. And she basically was using company money to do it and creating false invoices to do it. And she stiffed the contractors. And the contractors got mad, so they sent a pile of the invoices to the New York Post. And, well, there was a lo and behold, a story about how she's evading taxes, and Rudy Giuliani ended up prosecuting her. And one guy, there's another... Oh, the irony! The irony! Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? Yes. Yes, Rudy. Went out and said that Leona Helmsley was a disgrace to humanity. Yeah. He danced all over the indictments. <laughs> Absolutely. As it were in this case. No small irony there. Um, the Trump Organization's a family business. Right. Uh, you know, in, in the Trump Organization, also named this indictment, you know, this is the, the president's, former president's family business being hauled before the courts and charged with crimes. And I don't think that should be... And long. now when he says family business, now I didn't know this... Uh, until uh, it might have been Young Turks went into this uh, the other day. Like, it really is like a family business. It's not that big. There's not that many employees. Yeah, that's George Conway. Uh, that's and like, like that's why it's interesting for him to be giving us this insight. Not only is he a lawyer, he has inside information. But like the Trump org really is just a very small knit group, and it is almost impossible that Trump didn't know the crimes that they were committing. On people, but 
Based on what you saw, I think this is worse for Alan Weisselberg than everyone was expecting. Absolutely. The question, though, is could it or can it be tied to Donald Trump? Hell yeah. You've got some personal experience with this that Donald Trump was completely oblivious to this alleged tax scheme going on in his company. Well, I mean, my per personal experience is limited to the fact that I, I bought an apartment once from the Trump Organization uh, on the east side. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happened when I, I signed the contract is I sent them multiple copies of the contract over to the lawyers, and the lawyers sent them back to me, and lo and behold, Donald J. Trump's signature was on it. And as I later, as we later learned through press reports, I mean, he paid attention, very close attention to what went on in his business. He paid attention to these contracts. He paid attention to what checks were being written. And in fact, the indictment says that he actually cut a couple of the checks that went to um, paying off uh, Weisselberg's expenses. And it was a, and the thing to remember about the Trump organization, which everyone knows and has been well reported, is it, it really was a small, or it still is a small organization. And not too many people actually are involved in the serious, uh, the, the major aspects of the business. And so... Yeah, they use contractors and stiff them all the time. The, the prosecutors could prove criminal intent as to something that may have been misreported. And for that, they probably would need an insider since he doesn't use email or he, and he doesn't, you know. So it, that's where Weisselberg comes in. And even then, given, as you rightly point out, the lack of documentation, email, ripped up, count, ripped up calendars, etc., even if you were to have that person, may it be Weisselberg or someone else, to say there was intentionality here, a pattern of it over years, even then, it's still difficult, is it not? Yeah, it's still difficult because, again, you know, the prosecution, prosecution has to prove, in any case, evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, and here you're proving criminal intent, what's going on in somebody's mind. So that's why, again, you know, documents can play a big role. Yeah, but Trump has said, like, the entire time... <laughs> Like, he has said openly his criminal intent. He also apparently may have um, testimony of the controller who worked for Weisselberg. And in the case of like, Trump... Like, didn't he... He said it in a debate. He, like, literally made the point that he was defrauding banks and the IRS. That he was lying about how much money he had. Somebody... You probably need somebody who's talked to Trump and about these matters and can say, yeah, well, he knew exactly what was going on and that would be Alan Weisselberg, which explains the focus on him. How uncomfortable will this be for the former president, the children, the Trump children, by the way, who are running the company, how uncomfortable will this be for them over the next 12 months? Oh, if I were... I hope it bleeds them dry. A small family business with a small number of people and I, I'm in business, we're under criminal investigation, I'd be very, very worried. And then there are questions about whether or not these practices of keeping two sets of books for purposes of paying people um, were uh, extended to other people. There's apparently a suggestion that it was, and the question is whether whether they extended to the family. I mean, there was an out. There were there were reports about you know it did times that that uh, Ivanka Trump received a consulting fees um, um, for matters that it wasn't clear she was actually involved in, and maybe that was an attempt to avoid gift tax. Who knows? I want to move on to another subject. Before I do, I want to play one final game of what if. What if it was the Clinton Foundation? Oh, my gosh. If it were the Clinton Foundation, could you imagine? I mean, the Republicans and Donald J. Trump in particular would say, oh, she's a disgrace to humanity. Lock her up. Lock her up. There's no question. And it's not a question of politics here. This stuff is clearly illegal. If the facts that are, that are, that are specifically, very specifically pleaded in this indictment are proven, somebody's got to go to jail. All right. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, um, CNN reported, threatened to... Pull committee assignments from any Republican who accepted 
uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi. That's the thing is, like, I was all about walking Hillary Clinton up. I was into it. It's just like, you first, motherfucker. Like, you're the far bigger criminal. You go first. Then we can throw Hillary in there, Obama. Like, fucking, I want to see so many U.S. officials go to the fucking Hague. Pelosi naming them on this select committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. This is the same Kevin McCarthy who has not stripped committee assignments from Paul Gosar, who cozies up the Holocaust deniers, or Marjorie Taylor Greene. He didn't want to pull her committee assignments. Insane. But if you join the select committee, I'm going to pull your committee assignment. What, what is he afraid of? Oh, oh, I don't know if I've ever stated on the show. I was the president of the Young Republicans in high school. I campaigned for George W. Bush in 2000. Justin freaking Republican confirmed indeed. He's afraid of the truth. He doesn't want to get to the truth. They said when they when they refused to vote for the impeachment of Donald Trump or inciting an insurrection, as we saw on television, they said, oh, we have to have an investigation. Then there's a bill that goes through to Congress for a bipartisan investigation where half the members would be Republican, half the members of the Democrat. They vote against that. Because they didn't want an investigation, and now they say... And the oh, Democrats are still giving them seats on the committee! ...have a bipartisan investigation, which, of course, they voted down. The answer is they don't want the truth, and the reason why they don't want the truth is because they are themselves... Oh, in- stay tuned! Speaking of this very story, he, he kind of stepped on my lead-in to it. It's a couple of stories down the, down the script here. Congressperson caught with an insurrectionist... We have it on video. They are implicated because they perpetuated and acceded to the big lie. And they're, you know, they basically created a situation where a large portion of the Republican electorate believes in the big lie. And it's because of them for not standing up to the big lie. And as a result, um, they want they want this to go away. But the problem is it can't go away. It's not going to go away as long as these people are out there believing these lies we're stuck with this. And for all, you know, 30, I don't know, some 20, 30%, I don't know, some percentage of the population believes this. And they may even believe, for example, that Donald It's 30-something percent, I think. I mean, there's still the potential for violence, as I think um, I think you were probably discussing earlier. Yeah, with Jay Johnson. I mean, yeah. it's, it is a very, very real, present, continuing threat to America. Yet, Kevin McCarthy's paid advisor told me last night on the program... America. Who gives a shit what Kevin McCarthy thinks? I mean, I mean that is do a care scary about it, it, but, but it According to Adam Kinzinger. They are trying to, to please. You wrote a really interesting opinion piece in the Post, and the, the headline is, America owes thanks to Trump's lawyers, even William Barr. Let me read people part of it, if they haven't read it yet. To be sure, Barr's rectitude that day doesn't excuse his earlier kowtowing to Trump or his politicization of the Justice Department. But then you go on to say, not attempting to destroy constitutional democracy would seem to be a low standard for members of the Barr, and it is. But the importance of these lawyers' refusal to have lawless, uh, to have behave lawlessly in the waning days of the Trump presidency can't be uh, overstated. Uh, I think so he finally did right. He finally saying. did right, and I think it has to do in the point single-handedly of- the national, the biggest national security threat we have. Absolutely, you know, you, the lawyers can be tendentious. They can be argumentative. They can push. A lot of them may push the boundaries of what is reasonably arguable, and I think far more of a national security threat than Osama bin Laden ever was. Because he owed a duty. To That's the kind of a controversial statement. Is there a difference yeah, there a corporate is. Corporate lawyer and a there is. but in this one case, they did something that mattered. Not just him, but the 
the people he left behind in the Justice Department, they refused to go along with the big lie. And, you know, there are consequences for lawyers live in an environment where they have to prove things. They have to cite cases. And at the end of the day... Or you get your law license suspended like Rudy found out. And if you make stuff up and you lie about facts and litigation, you know, you get your license pulled. See, Rudy Giuliani. Just... Exactly. And that's the point I was making is that the culture of the legal culture at its best puts us... puts. Us... I could be a CNN contributor. I mean, there are gray areas when you get up to the bright line, but absolutely just making up facts. Did he say butt line? Talking about the big lie. Let's find out what's going on in Arizona. The bogus GOP plot to steal Arizona for Trump will cost taxpayers millions. Oh, frontline. Okay, that makes far more sense. Taxpayers in Arizona will have to shell out millions of dollars for new voting machines after election officials revealed the machines subpoenaed for the sham audit in Maricopa County won't be used again because they now pose a risk to free and fair elections. Because of course they do. In April, Maricopa uh, handed over vote tabulation machines. Maricopa handed the vote tabulation machines over to the state Senate after a judge said that a subpoena for the machines, along with 2.1 million ballots and voter information, was valid. The Senate then handed the machines to Cyber Ninjas, the Florida-based company with no election audit experience, which was given the contract 150 grand in taxpayer money to conduct the audit. In the months since, local election officials and the GOP-led Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County, as well as independent election audit experts, have raised serious concerns about how Cyber Ninjas and several other contractors have run the audit. The concerns included, yeah, I like, was it a no-compete contract? I didn't hear of any bidding process. Where did this fucking Cyber Ninja firm come from? It needs to be investigated how they even got the contract. I'm assuming they're in with somebody in the Senate that appointed them. The concerns include a lack of transparency about how the audit is being conducted, criticism that the auditors are indulging conspiracy theories about watermarks and bamboo ballots, and the fact that the servers were taken out of the state without any explanation as to why. These concerns were central to a letter written by Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs last month to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors telling them that she would consider decertification proceedings if the machines were not replaced. On Monday, the Board of Supervisors in Maricopa County wrote back to Hobbs telling her it shares her concerns. The voters of Maricopa County can rest assured the county will never use equipment that could pose a risk to free and fair elections. As a result, the county will not use the subpoenaed equipment in any further election. Exactly. The real auditors were opposed to the audit. The real auditors had already audited it twice. Now, apparently that audit wrapped up this week, but I haven't heard anything about it. Officials on Monday night would not say how much it would cost to replace the machines, but Arizona is currently halfway through a $6.1 million six-year lease agreement with Dominion Voting Systems. On Monday night, officials told AZ Central that the county was in discussions with Dominion about the lease, but it was unclear if the county would have to pay the remaining $3.3 million due under the lease. 
Hopefully Dominion like swaps it out and recycles the machines or something. Dominion's probably going to get a nice little chunk of change from a few people. It's also unclear whether the county or the Senate will be on the hook for the new voting machines. When the machines were handed over, the Senate signed an agreement that said the county is not liable for any damages to the equipment while in the Senate's custody. But whether it's the county or the Senate that foots the bill for additional machines, ultimately Arizona's taxpayers will be paying to indulge Republicans in their stupid bullshit. And you want to know what? You want to know what? Fucking voters aren't concerned about this stupid bullshit. Poll says Americans more worried about restrictive voting laws than election fraud. I RB, I guess nobody. Nobody. Since it since it got turned over to the Senate, nobody. And that's why those machines will never be used again. Exactly, exactly. Huge problems with the chain of custody there. I And I hope Dominion works with them and switches out the machines. Dominion has the power to just fucking factory reset them, refurbish them, what the fuck ever. But Americans more worried about restrictive voting laws than election fraud. Uh-huh. <laughs> In a country... Which has seen, like, next to no voter fraud. At least in the last century. But in a country where disenfranchisement has been the name of the game, of course Americans care more about restrictive voting laws than election fraud. But Republicans don't care. I got into a argument with a an actual candidate for Congress that is going back and forth with me over and over again about how we're not a democracy. And I'm like, dude, how do you not get this? And he keeps like the Wikipedia entry for U.S. federal government and it says Representative Republic. And I'm like, yes, that's our style of government. Our style of voting is democratic vote, you dumb shit. The fact that you do not understand this is worrying. But now Republicans that do understand it and know what they're talking about want to push that we're not a democracy because they don't want you to get mad about the fact that they weren't paying attention to what you want. They don't care that the people care more about restrictive voting laws. That doesn't keep Republicans in power. More than half of the adults in the United States are more concerned about laws restricting voting access than making sure that no one who is ineligible votes, according to a new survey. 67% of Americans, including majorities of Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, said they believed American democracy is currently under threat, though the survey did not ask what they believed is threatening it. Well, it's as I explained to him, it's like, you're talking about direct democracy. You're saying we're not a direct democracy. You're just confusing it. You don't know what you're fucking talking about, and you're running for Congress. Stupid fuck. And then I challenged him to take a civics test, 
and he went and took it from the Department of Homeland Security site, like the, the online test that they got, showed me his 100% score, but said that it had questions that were wrong. Shit you not! 72% of Republicans in the survey supported the goal of ensuring that no one who votes is ineligible to do so, while 85% of Democrats and 52% of Independents supported making it easier to vote. There was broad agreement that people must show a government-issued ID in order to vote. and that's, That is something the, the opinion polls have worn out that people are in favor of voter ID. So, I mean, that's, it's a losing cause for Democrats, I guess. Even though I would say each each state should challenge voter ID laws and do it on the fact, like, if you're going to have voter ID laws, you should have to provide every citizen a free ID then. That's my, that's my view on it. There was broad agreement that people must show a government-issued ID in order to vote with 94% of Republicans and 83% of Independents, 57% of Democrats agreeing with that requirement. I don't understand it. I don't know why anybody should have a problem with me going and showing my voter registration card. In Kentucky, the the first elections I ever voted in in Kentucky, you just went to your polling place. You told them your name and address. They looked up your name and address in a book. They opened the book, and then you signed the signature. If there was any, uh, uh, you signed your signature, and then if there was any uh, funny business, if they had to go back and check, they would do signature verification. So no form of ID needed. Go in, state your name, your address. Sign your name. I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. 50% of those surveyed approved of President Biden's job though uh, so far, though his approval is severely partisan. Yes, Adam. You're exactly right. I do the electoral college just pisses me off. And I I don't understand why people fight so hard. I mean, I understand why Republican politicians are for it. I don't understand why the average GOP voter, my neighbor down the road that's voting for these dumbass Republicans, why do you support the Electoral College? I don't, I mean, they're... Their reasoning is always like, well, California shouldn't decide the election. I'm like, no. California shouldn't decide the election. California should have representation proportional to its population. And currently it doesn't. All right, so here, insane story. And I can't believe I haven't seen more outlets pick it up. Hopefully it goes somewhere. Capitol Rider accompanied members of Congress on trip to the U.S. border. And we begin from CNN. right there with that new and important reporting from CNN's K-File team that just speaks volumes about the direction of today's Republican Party. A conservative YouTube personality who took part in the January 6th riot at the Capitol traveled with a group of House Republicans to the U.S.-Mexico border this week. 
If that's not high enough for this shit. Add in this. Those Republican members traveling to the border were skipping a House vote here in Washington that very day on creating a select congressional committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. Our CNN report. Wow! It doesn't need a straw. You just lick it up. Slurp it like a cat. (laughs) I just... And they keep taking these trips. Like, we've played a couple of their stupid-ass videos, but they're, they're putting out videos almost every fucking day. There's like a delegation of stupid-ass Republicans going down and holding a press conference in Texas. It's seriously, it's so stupid. And now they're taking fucking insurrectionists with them. Reporter and senior editor of the K-File, Andrew Kaczynski, joins us now with this critical reporting. Andrew, walk us through what you've learned. It would be comical if these people could feel embarrassment. Uh, basically, uh, you know, as you mentioned, like, I wish these people could feel embarrassment so they would shut the fuck up and get out of our lives. Matt Gates, how does he have the audacity to still get in front of a camera? Feel embarrassment, you fuck. Intro, uh, this YouTuber named Anthony Aguero. Uh, who, as we previously reported... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm totally aware, like, the Electoral College for the proportionment, you know, the three-fifths, uh, but, which they will... Right-wingers will argue with you with you about that. That the, the, the three-fifths, uh, that the Electoral College just used the three-fifths because it was already there. It, was, it wasn't the reason why the Electoral College was created, which is the weirdest goddamn argument. To say that the, the Electoral College isn't racist. Close friend of Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's almost like right-wingers are morons. Um, you know, he took part in the Capitol riot, went into the building, uh, chanted heave-ho as rioters broke in. Later after Heave-ho! Chanted our house with the rioters. Uh, and then justified it, you know, actually, and criticized those who uh, attacked them over breaking in. He accompanied all these members of Congress uh, to the border. There was a group of Republicans from the Republican Study Committee, and they traveled to the border ahead of President Trump's visit. Uh, How exactly he joined the group is unclear, um, but uh, it's very um, interesting, like, because as you can see in our photos and videos that we just posted on CNN.com, he at times served... And look at him! Look, they're down there! About this supposed fucking crisis that Biden's not tending to. Look at him down there like, ah, look at me, ha Holy shit. Zero self-awareness. As a translator for them, when talking to migrants crossing the border, um, he interviewed many of them, and he even drove one of them in his truck. Screenshot, guys. And the picture we're seeing is from Lauren Boebert's Instagram. Not sure how he got there. What did the members say about this? So we spoke uh, to the office of Republican Jim Banks. He's the chair of the study committee who organized the trip. He said they were unaware of this individual participating in the Capitol riot or who he was. And they said he didn't travel with them actually to the border. So he wasn't part of the group that went from the... Uh, you know, 
press briefing where they, you know, they, they met. Before. He wasn't part of the group, even though he was taking pictures uh, so and said, giving thumbs up. Who he was, um, but as you can see, um, he was very intimately involved in this trip. Um, and, you know, just I get like I get that RB. I'm, I mean, I, I guess like it's just hard for me to put my because I have empathy because I, I feel things. Like, it's hard for me to put myself in that situation. I've never cared about money in my life, so I don't understand that motivation. When I sat down with my, uh, the first, the first advisor they gave me in college, the second time when I went back, uh, I sat down with her. She was a marketing person in the broadcasting department. And I sat down and she looked at me and said, so how much money do you want to make? And I'm like, if I wanted to make money, I would have been a lawyer. I would have never got into broadcasting. What? Like it just—it was a foreign concept to me. So I don't—I don't get—I don't get the grifters that do the the right wing propaganda. I—I I honestly could not get up and say things that I didn't fucking believe in, and I also couldn't get up and say ignorant fucking shit that's not true. This was this close to this uh, group of a half dozen lawmakers who went. Right, they say they were unaware of who he was and how he got there, but he was translating for them, driving at least one of them in the mix of them in a secure situation near the border. Insane, in fucking insane. But while Republicans are making a big deal about the border crisis that isn't really happening, that they just fucking made up. I mean, there's an issue at the border, but that has more to do with our foreign policy and a lot of history, as we've talked about before. The American people want Congress to actually do something about their material situations. A petition calling for monthly $2,000 stimulus checks nears 2.5 million signatures. Change.org petition calling for recurring stimulus checks from the federal government has reached 2.5 million signatures. Denver restaurant owner Stephanie Bowen Bonin created the petition, which calls for a monthly $2,000 per month, a monthly $2,000 per month check. I'm sorry, I'm reading from Fox 17 Nashville to every American as many remain unemployed and the economic effects of the pandemic linger. And it, with all these states revoking the unemployment insurance, they should. Congress needs to get on that. They should issue recurring checks. All right, states, you want to you do away with the unemployment insurance? Well, send out monthly checks at least for another year. We need to encourage people to stay home. 10% spike in, in COVID in the last week. That means in two or three weeks, we're going to be fucked. Bunnen's petition states, Our country is still deeply struggling. The recovery hasn't reached many Americans. The true unemployment rate for low-wage workers is estimated at over 20%, and many people face large debts from last year for things like utilities, rent, childcare. We're coming up on the eviction moratorium. It's at the end of the month. These are all reasons... I added the eviction moratorium. That was not her quote. Back to her quote. These are all reasons that checks need to be targeted to people who are still struggling and that Congress needs to learn from the past year. It took nine months for Congress to send a second stimulus check and just moments to spend it. Moving forward, Congress needs to make recurring checks automatic if certain triggers are met. 
No more waiting around for our government to send the help we need. Sign and join our movement to get recurring checks to the people. Yes. Now, starting July 15th, some Americans will receive funds as part of President Joe Biden's coronavirus relief package. Those who qualify will receive monthly payments on the 15th of each month until the end of the year, depending on how many children you have. That's the the child tax credit. The Democrats doubled it and allowed people to take it in a cash payment. Uh, if you if you have kids and you're listening to me right now, go look into that. Go on to the IRS website. And you need to tell them if you want it in a cash payment or otherwise. I think if you don't go opt into it, it will be given to you in uh, the the tax refund at the end of the year, like it usually is. That I might have that wrong. It might be vice versa. I don't know what the I don't know if you get more money if you take it at your, with your taxes because there's like interest or something. So look into that if you will be getting money for your kids for your your crotch fruit. I have no crotch fruit, so I get no money. All right, this one this is gonna be hard to watch, guys. So this is not a, uh, this happened, I think back in like 2018 when the actual shooting happened. We'll have to get the details. Cause this is long before I was ever doing a show, not a shooting I'm familiar with, but, uh, former Metro police officer, Andrew Delkey has been sentenced to three years in prison for the shooting death of Daniel Hambrick after a judge accepted a plea deal during a hearing on Friday morning. The hearing before Judge Monte Watkins turned into chaos after Vicki Hambrick, the mother of Daniel Hambrick, had an emotional outburst while making the victim's impact statement and appeared to go after District Attorney General Glenn Funk, who was sitting nearby. So let's check out the scene this morning in the courtroom. So now this is this is Last night, Delkey agreed to accept the plea deal to take three years instead of going to trial. He was a cop charged with murder. I can't believe this, Judge. I can't believe it. I've been going through this for three years. I can't believe it. Yeah. Take your time. John, Take your time. I lost my mother. I lost my grandmother. I lost my father. My father had a stroke and a heart attack. I can't believe it. Because of you. Because of you. I lost my father, my son, father. Because of you. I hate him too, ma'am.
Now, I, I am glad the, the judge isn't gaveling her down. and Because, I mean, the judge does have a right in this, in this instance to, you know, he could hold her in contempt or whatever. I mean, usually they afford family. Imagine what this woman's going through. So I'm glad he is affording her the opportunity to, to let it out. Miss Hamburg. You told me a goddamn lie! Miss Hamburg. And I hate you! I hate you! But the fact that he accepted a deal means like it must be a slam dunk case against him. You bastard! You bastard! You better watch your motherfucking back! You hear me? You bastard. Oh, you mean the judge should... Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You are, you are absolutely correct. I thought you meant like the, the, the defendant shouldn't take the deal. The ex-cop. I was like, oh, I could agree with you, you know, unless it's just a slam dunk and he didn't think he was going to win. Yeah, you're right. I, I can agree there. And that's, I think that's what the woman is alluding to. I think when she's yelling at the judge and saying, what if it was your kid? I think that's like her saying, like, why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah, yeah. You can't go. Okay. Let me go. Well, let me go. Uh, well, you talk about my family. You talk about my family. You call us a monkey. I think that's enough. I'm behind this woman. Fucking tear it the fuck up. I I think the bailiff should have held the cop and let her slap the shit out of him. It is bullshit. I do believe they are taking the defendant out now. It's bullshit. I do not blame this family one bit. There are people in the comment sections all over this saying it was it was shameful, blah blah blah. No, no, it's not. Shameful is the miscarriage of justice that happened in that courtroom. Not the raw emotions of a woman who lost multiple family members as a result of this incident. As I said, this is this is before I started doing the streams. Yeah, it's shameful that she had to do that. 
So I don't know all the details of this case. We can go back and, and find out what happened. It, yes, fucking coward indeed. I think she's yelling that at the DA. So totally understand her grief. So this is the uh, cop. After hearing the timeline of events presented in Daniel Hambrick's shooting, Delkey read a statement where he apologized to the Hambrick family for the shooting. He looks like a piece of shit. Like you don't want to judge somebody, but it looks like a frat boy. Because I recognize that my use of deadly force was not reasonably necessary under all the circumstances. He's trying to act like he's crying. I recognize that what happened on July 26, 2018 was tragic. Mrs. Hamburg lost her son that day, and I am responsible for her loss. I I don't believe him. I don't believe this. These are facts that I will have to live with for the rest of my life. I'm not buying it. And no mother should ever have to experience the loss of a child. And not a day has gone by that I have not thought about my actions. I also recognize that my actions impacted the community and the police department. I hope, <laughs> I hope this case can contribute positively yep. to the much-needed discussion about how police officers are trained and how we as a community want police officers to interact with citizens. And he'll probably get out after after he serves his time and he'll write a book and he'll be completely unremorseful, say he didn't mean this, that it was the woke mob that made him do it. You know it. You know it. ...some comfort from my acceptance of responsibility and my guilty plea today. So, one of the attorneys for the family read a statement. I'm going to read a part of it here. I am against this so-called plea deal. I am against the way the state and the defense join hands to protect this racist, biased, anti-black criminal system. My son was murdered on video by Nashville police. My son has a right. He has a right to a public jury trial. I want citizens of this community to render a judgment. I don't know what that was. I don't want a back room where the current DA, the former DA, and their ex-co-worker, David Rabin, emerge from some country golf club course and tell me that my son's life was worth three years and that I'm lucky to get that. All we know that if Daniel had executed Delkey by shooting him in the back of the head and in his back and in his buttocks as he ran away, he would have been riding on death row waiting on the electric chair. After the Hambrick family left the courthouse, Delkey was brought back into the courtroom and the plea deal was formally accepted. Delkey was taken into custody and taken to the Davidson County Detention Center. Uh, That is his 
amenities tonight. Accommodations. Bucky was booked into the downtown detention center at 10.48 a.m. Placed on precautionary observation and will be monitored closely by correctional staff. They're keeping him away from the general population is what they're saying. Once precautionary observation ends, he will be classified and assigned to the DDC Restrictive Housing Unit. Historically, inmates with similar sentences served their time at the privately managed Metro Detention Facility. DCSO took responsibility for this population, therefore Delkey will remain in Sheriff's Office custody for the duration of his sentence. So let's get the actual details. Uh, Metro police officer shot and killed a 25-year-old man Thursday evening near the intersection of 17th Avenue and Joe Johnston Avenue. So this was the July 26, 2018 news report. Earlier in the evening, while searching for stolen cars, officers with MNPD's Juvenile Crime Task Force noticed a car driving erratically. Officers tried to stop the vehicle, but the driver did not pull over. Police did not give chase, opting instead to expand the search for the vehicle. Later in the evening, a Metro officer encountered a vehicle matching the car's description in the parking lot of the John Henry Hill Apartments near the corner of 17th Avenue North. Video evidence gathered by TBI indicates three men exited the vehicle as the officer approached. TBI says the driver of the car emerged with a handgun in his possession. The driver has been identified as 25-year-old Daniel Hambrick. Updated TBI press release issued Friday morning says the newly obtained video suggests that one of the three men in the car, most likely Hambrick, ran from the officer. A A foot pursuit ensued. TBI says the video appears to show Hambrick with a dark colored object in his hand. I'm guessing it was his cell phone. TBI says at least one Metro officer fired multiple shots at Hambrick, hitting him at least once. It is unclear at this time if Hambrick fired his weapon. TBI is investigating what specifically occurred between Hambrick and getting out of the car. Let's see if we can find the video. says the shooting was justified, but several activists and even the city's acting vice mayor are now calling on the police chief to step down. This morning, growing outrage after newly released video shows a white Nashville officer shooting a black suspect as he ran away. 25-year-old died a short time later. I just feel like if a person running away from you, There is a petition on change.org that has 2.5 million signatures to issue recurring $2,000 a month checks. That was, that was the story. How do they 
supposed threat. Hambrick's mother is in agony and calling for justice. My daddy, my sister don't deserve this. Please leave us alone. Just leave us alone. The Nashville District Attorney's Office just released a surveillance video from July 26th. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation says that earlier that evening, officers had been looking for stolen vehicles. I mean, it was broad daylight. Erratically. Authorities say Hambrick got out of the car and ran, and that he was carrying this gun. Her only Protests followed. The officer, Andrew Delkey, is now on administrative leave. If there's ever a case of premeditated first, premeditated first degree murder, this is it. This is it. He's I don't know about premeditated, but like it was, it was absolutely a murder. Nashville's mayor is promising a comprehensive. Is murder second? It wasn't murder first. This was a tragic event, and my prayers go out um, to Mr. Hendricks' mother. After the latest shooting, to raise questions about racial. He shot him in the back. He shot him in the back of the head, in the back, and in the ass. For my son, that's all I'm asking, and for all the young black. That poor woman. Young women. I, I, I got it. Ma'am, I wish I could have seen you slap the shit out of that man. Fuck. Infuriating. But I've got to hit it again. We got another one. Texas soldier who shot BLM protester has been indicted on a murder charge. He looks like a real nice guy, doesn't he? Total winner. He didn't get picked on in school. A U.S. Army soldier who shot and killed an armed protester after driving into a Black Lives Matter demonstration in Texas last summer has been charged with murder, authorities said on Thursday. Sergeant Daniel Perry was indicted by a Travis County grand jury on charges of murder, aggravated assault, and deadly conduct in the July 25th death of Garrett Foster in Austin. Perry, who was stationed at Fort Hood, was working for a ride-sharing company and just dropped off a customer when he turned onto a street filled with people protesting police brutality. He stopped his car, honked, and seconds later, police said Perry drove his car into the crowd. When the, crowd surrendered, uh, uh, when the crowd surrounded the car, Perry uh, encountered Foster, a 28-year-old Air Force veteran who was holding an AK-47 rifle. The rifle was legal under Texas's open carry laws. So he was a vet. Wow. There are conflicting accounts of what unfolded next, but the incident ended with Foster dead and multiple gunshot wounds. Cops said that Perry, who was also legally armed, fatally shot Foster with a handgun before fleeing the area. Perry was arrested after the shooting and then released without charges pending an investigation. His attorneys have said that the soldier acted in self-defense after Foster aimed his weapon at him. Foster might have aimed his weapon at him. Shit, he was trying to drive through a bunch of protesters. They said that the protesters had begun beating on Perry's vehicle after he turned onto the street and that Foster approached him and monitored him, uh, motioned him with his gun for Perry to lower his window. Thinking Foster was a law enforcement officer, Perry complied. But when Foster raised his weapon at him, the soldier realized Foster was not a cop and fired in self-defense, the attorney claims. 
Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza said that the grand jury reviewed evidence from the investigations into the shooting, looking at over 150 exhibits and interviewing 22 witnesses. In this case, we were particularly presented uh, with an extensive collection of evidence for the grand jury's consideration. Other witnesses had previously said that Perry was the one initiating the violence before shooting Foster dead. Foster attended the protest with his uh, quadruple amputee fiancé. He had quit the Air Force to be her full-time caregiver. Perry turned himself in and has already been released on a $300,000 bill. Wow. I mean, if he if he, if he was shot in the back, I mean that's open and shut case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't even think about that. Tones reading the story. You're right. He thought the dude was an officer, but he already had his gun out. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was your bond for burglary and larceny? Rittenhouse. Oh, my God. 350K. Wow. Fucking shit. So, what was this dude's? 300K? Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, America values property more than we do life, clearly. God bless the USA. I don't know. You guys want me to? Do you guys want me to do a Patriot Patrol on Sunday? Should I do that? Should I bring it back out? Last time I did a Patriot Patrol, I said some shit. I had to take everything down over YouTube before I got removed, and I had to put it back up censored. Um, on April Fools, I did the Troll Patrol, but as a right winger, and I called it the Patriot Patrol, and I was, I don't even remember what I was calling myself, but I was the hardest right man in news. (laughs) But I I might have advocated for a little genocide. Playing that right winger. (laughs) I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. All right. Kyle Rittenhouse, who apparently is like an honorary member of the Proud Boys, sponsored by Taylor Swift. We're going to get to that. I, I'm going to play it. I, I watched the video and like it's low because it's in his pocket and shit. It's low enough that I think YouTube isn't going to pop me. Kyle Rittenhouse, Proud Boys hero status is now being used against him in court. Ever since Kyle Rittenhouse went to Kenosha, Wisconsin in August 2020 and killed at two Black Lives Matter protests, ah, two Black Lives Matter protesters with a semi-automatic rifle, he's been transformed into a folk hero by many in the GOP. Notice they they don't give the same uh, um, status to the dude in Portland who shot a protester in self-defense. No, no, instead that dude got gunned down by the feds in broad daylight. I'm still pissed over that. That was that was 100% a violation of the Constitution. 
Among his new friends are the Proud Boys, a far-right street-fighting gang who have adopted the teenager as their unofficial mascot, put his face on t-shirts, and even took him out drinking. Oh, I'm sure they're making money off his face on t-shirts. Prosecutors are arguing that Rittenhouse traveled to Kenosha where protests against a police shooting of a black man were underway with the intent of committing an act of violence. I don't know he went with the intent of committing an act of violence, but I I don't think he was uh, shying away from it. And they think that his recent uh, documented uh, fraternization with the Proud Boys should be entered into evidence to support that argument. I, well, like, that's, I don't, I don't want to claim to know somebody's intent, you know. I don't think he was opposed to using it at all. And I, I, that's probably me being charitable saying that, yes. Much like members of the Proud Boys take pride in violence, the defendant is evidently proud that he killed two people and seriously wounded a third. Now that, I think, is 100% fair game for the trial. On January 5th, Rittenhouse, 18, while out on bail, was photographed in a bar in Racine County with known Proud Boys wearing a t-shirt saying free as fuck and flashing the white power okay sign. The Proud Boys also serenaded him with Proud of Your Boy, a song from the Broadway adaptation of Aladdin. A week later, the Kenosha County DA filed a motion to change the conditions of Rittenhouse's bond to bar him from drinking alcohol at a bar or restaurant. He's not old enough to drink. What the fuck? Is it Wisconsin 18? Is it 18 to drink in Wisconsin? What? I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a, there was a state where it was... Because they... The federal government lobbied states to make the drinking age 21. He was in Missouri? I know, it seems like something's going on outside. Prosecutors are also asking to enter another piece of evidence into the case, a widely shared video showing Rittenhouse punching a teenage girl amid a dispute on Kenosha's lakefront a month before the shooting. In the video, he's seen with a group of teenagers, including two teenage girls who are arguing. We've all seen that. Did he punch her in the back of the head, too? He chases her and continues to punch her. Rittenhouse is facing a litany of charges for his actions on August 25th, including charges of first-degree intentional homicide, possession of a dangerous weapon despite being 17 at the time, and violating the curfew that was in place the night amid the protest. In the aftermath of the shooting, conservative media and politicians painted him as a patriot who was exercising his right to bear arms and defend himself. Even former President Donald Trump and his adult son, Don Jr., weighed in to defend Rittenhouse. Hopefully, he won't be able to shake this off. That is my segue into the story about a California police officer playing Taylor Swift to prevent protesters from videoing them. Uh, Let's check out the video here. 
I believe they're on like the courthouse steps somewhere. And they had a banner up. It was on the walls, right? Oh, okay. I did not know that. Did you see he took out his phone? And he just, he had Taylor Swift just right fucking there too. Must be a big fan. You should have started dancing with it. Are you playing club music to drown out the conversation? No, Taylor like Swift is not club music. No. I don't. I didn't like the newest album as much as the 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 one before it. I really liked the one before it. Uh, the new the new one was a little too. Um, Why would you worry about it being recorded? There was there wasn't enough like oomph to it for me. Like it was a little like melancholy. But I I really liked the one before that. She was excited to do this. How long have you? Is this? Is this? Well, now I mean, we we've seen the stories. This has been going around. Several cops have done this, but like this motherfucker didn't even understand what he was fucking doing. Is that Because first of all, like we can play it on YouTube. Like it's not going to. If you want to get it taken down, you need to do Disney music. Taylor Swift, they're like YouTube is just gonna link you to like listen to Taylor Swift at this blah blah blah, and then they're gonna put commercials on it and give the money to Taylor Swift. Like they're not gonna take the video down. When I get a copyright claim, that's not what because I do the freaking news every day. I use copyrighted music. I just I just take the copyright claim. No, it's procedure for asshole cops. But now that's also a good recommendation. Like if you if you don't want your your personal pornos to get out, like play Disney music in the background. Fuck to some Disney music. Because Disney will indeed take that shit down. Or, or, or play something from the NFL. The NFL will take the shit down. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he was even like. He wasn't doing anything. It wasn't going to prevent them from having the video online. But hey, cops have never been accused of being smart. Just like this idiot-ass police chief in Ohio. Nobody's going to accuse him of being smart. Ohio police chief resigns after putting KKK sign on a black officer's desk. Oh, we've even got video of the incident. This is going to be great. 
A police chief in Ohio resigned this week after he put a Ku Klux Klan sign on a black officer's desk. Sheffield Lake Mayor uh, Dennis Bring said that Police Chief Anthony Campo resigned Tuesday after the incident, which occurred last Friday, according to Cleveland.com. Surveillance footage of the incident was published by a local ABC affiliate, though the footage has no audio. Campo, who has a piece of paper in his hand, is seen walking toward a desk that has a yellow jacket on it. He then picks up the jacket, appears to turn it around. Well, we'll see what happens. Jesus, it's five minutes long. Okay, so here he he comes. This is the police chief. Yes, courts have ruled that uh, police uh, organizations and uh, municipalities can discriminate against people with high IQ. That is a fact. So apparently this is some kind of KKK poster or some shit in his hand. Being real, like, neat and tidy about it. I just, like... He says it's a prank. What kind of fucking prank is that? Like going up to a Jewish person and Hall Hitlering. What the hell? He is... He moved this jacket which looks like you know like a rain slick or when the officers are out you know directing traffic in the rain or something and he moved it and then placed this piece of paper on top of it and then he's even he's waiting around the around the corner And they're like, did the, did the did the black cop even notice? Like it felt like he, he had to like come out and point it out to him. There's a difference in dark humor. Like I fucking love dark humor, but not when you're like you're a white police chief with a black officer. What the fuck? And I love how they all look like they're in tip-top shape and they could totally protect everybody, right? About a minute into the video, Campo steps away from his desk and goes back into another area. The jacket is seen with the hood up resembling the... In- the jacket is seen with the hood up resembling the infamous KKK hood and the paper is seen on top of it. Roughly 30 seconds later, the officer who is black walks in to see the jacket and the sign on his desk. Ring was notified of the incident Tuesday by the union representing police officers. He said after learning of the incident, he told Campo he had 10 minutes to get out of his office. I said, I don't even, I don't want to even hear about it. You've already admitted to it and you've got 10 minutes to get out of this office. I said, I want your keys, your badge, and that's it. Get out. Bring said. The mayor also said he apologized to the officer for the incident. Campo told the news outlet that he was not fired, but that he had retired. I bet he did. He further said that he had respect for the officer that was targeted 
and that the incident was overblown. Yep, yep, I bet he is getting his pension. I, and speaking of Ohio, um, rash of shootings in Ohio earlier this year that I'm still upset about. But hey, you know, justice is usually served in this country, right? Right, guys? Surely, surely, Ghislaine Maxwell will not be set free. The lawyer for British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell, an alleged madam for deceased financier Jeffrey Epstein, said the case against her should be thrown out and she should be freed on the same grounds used to free Bill Cosby, which stems from a sweetheart deal given to Epstein more than a decade ago. And I just realized that they both have connections to Trump. Both of the prosecutorial teams that made sweetheart deals in the Cosby case and the Epstein case went on to either work in the Trump administration or work for Trump personally. Cosby was released from prison Wednesday when his sexual assault conviction was overturned after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled the prosecutor who brought the case was bound by his predecessor's agreement not to charge him. So, she should not have to fight her case at trial, and her case should be thrown out just like Cosby's has been, because prosecutors promised Epstein, when he pleaded guilty, that they would not prosecute her. Maxwell's appellate lawyer, David Oscar Marcus, wrote in the daily in the New York Daily News op-ed published Wednesday. The Cosby Defense. Marcus was referring to a 2007 plea deal Epstein made with federal prosecutors in which they promised not to charge his co-conspirators. Prosecutors have said the deal doesn't apply to Maxwell 59 since it was negotiated in Florida. He is federally charged in New York. Cosby was convicted on state charges. With the principle the law is the same and holds true in both state and federal courts, Marcus told Fox News, when the government makes a promise, whether state or federal, it has to live up to that promise and can't simply abandon it. He went on Fox News? I don't doubt it. I don't... Fucking... I will never forget the first time I was ever ever exposed to the KKK. I was probably six, seven, eight in that range somewhere right there. And my dad worked with like a grand fucking dragon, grand wizard, whatever their fucking title is. And they had these business cards that they would give out to people that said, like, you have been visited by the clan. This time it was a personal visit. Next time, don't make it business. And it was... I remember my dad laughing about it and presenting it so cavalier. Now, I'm not saying my dad wasn't, like, overtly racist or anything. We're talking this is the fucking 80s, early-ass 90s in eastern fucking Kentucky. 
But just the the cavalier attitude it was presented to me the very first time. That still sticks with me to this day. I just like... My first exposure to it wasn't that like, look at this horrible fucking group. I still, still, like, and that's the thing. My family from Eastern Kentucky is like the most like progressive you could probably get in Eastern Kentucky. (laughs) No, no, that's a, my family's kind of apolitical. I'm by far the only person actually gives a shit about politics. Well, my dad's dead now, so. And fuck him. Also, fuck Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby rep floats return to comedy clubs. What? Also, um... Bill Cosby was scheduled to perform at my college in 2014. No, I've I've not even heard of the Toy Tiger Club. I spent some time in Louisville. I've, I've not heard of it. Oh my, I, you know? That's, uh... <laughs> Adam, I do not encourage that kind of behavior that I think you might, you might have in your mind. But, like, Cosby was going to uh, perform at my college campus, and that was a few months, not long after the uh, the Hannibal Buress um, stand-up bit went viral. And this is, this is also not long after Cosby had a stand-up special on Comedy Central. And uh, I watched that. I watched that comedy. I'm a huge comedy fan, and I study comedy. And like, I'm not a Bill Cosby fan, and I did not like that special. I thought he sucked. But I am so glad that my campus had him disinvited, and that was, you know, just part of the cascading effect, you know, that led to him being charged a few years later. But how dare it? Like, Louis C.K. gets to come back. Louis C.K. can do clubs again. Bill Cosby? Nah. Nah. You don't get to have a career again anymore, dude. Cosby has been talking to a number of promoters and comedy club owners. This just happened a couple days ago. He's already been calling promoters and shit. And he is just excited the way the world is welcoming him back. This is according to Andrew Wyatt. Wyatt told Inside Edition that a number of promoters have called, comedy club owners have called, people want to see him. Cosby, 83, was two years into a sentence. Well, I didn't didn't get to spend a lot of time in, like, Louisville's, like, night scene. I was in Louisville a lot uh, for work when I was, like, 19 and 20. He should be dropped on a fucking island somewhere. 
I would I would love to see him held by Bayless and let every single fucking victim he had step up and slap him across the fucking face. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like you're in a, you're in a stream that has called for Cuomo to resign multiple times. You're in a stream that covered Biden's assault allegations. So, trying to come in here and accuse us of hypocrisy isn't going to do any good since I'm on video talking about those. But hey, no one's ever accused right-wingers of being smart. They're fucking morons. So more than 60 women accused Cosby of sexual misconduct. I didn't know it was that high. I thought it was like 40-something. Over 60 accusations. He probably did it to hundreds then. So fuck him. Fuck, he is a predator. Every sense of the word. Speaking of predators, the Catch a Predator host, Chris Hansen, turns himself in amid video issue. I don't even know what the motherfucker did. Let's find out. I watched a video. I watched a YouTube video on him. Apparently, he's had a uh, a pretty rough. Life. He was trying to do some sort of like guerrilla journalism, Gonzo journalism, something like fucking. The implication is that the left, motherfucker. You're you're saying the left. That's your implication. I don't speak for the Me Too movement. I don't give a shit about the Me Too movement. I'm not a part of the organization. So you're coming in here and bringing it up is irrelevant. But hey, right-wingers are morons. Former host of To Catch a Predator TV series turned himself in on Friday after a Michigan judge issued a warrant for his arrest for no-showing a court hearing to explain why he had not given a defense lawyer more footage of a police sting operation. Interesting! I'm going to assume the reason he didn't want to turn the footage over is because he wanted to monetize it on YouTube himself because that's the kind of grifter that Chris Hansen is. Hanson, 61, checked himself into the county jail, 65 65 miles northwest of Detroit. He was released and has 14 days to produce the full video. Hanson later posted a photo of the county courthouse on Instagram and said all matters had been resolved. Justice marches on, he wrote. The October sting operation between the uh, Shawashee and Genesee County Sheriff's offices occurred in nearby Owasso. All these native names and, you know, people telling others to go back where they came from. That old meme. Three men, including a state corrections officer, were charged with trying to meet underage girls for sex. Hanson and the film crew had been embedded with investigators. The bench warrant was rescinded by Judge Matthew Stewart, said Hanson's lawyer. Okay, so apparently this guy thought he was working with the cops. He was taping it for YouTube. And then wouldn't turn over the evidence to help convict the motherfuckers. Showing that he 100% only cares about himself. 
He wasn't intending to not appear or to be somebody that was trying to circumvent the process. It was just an unfortunate set of circumstances that resulted in a failure to appear, he said, citing bad timing and confusion over a subpoena. Hanson, who hosts a YouTube show and a podcast, has a home in Michigan, but primarily lives in New York. Hanson and his team had provided an edited video, but a defendant wanted all the footage in case there was any exculpatory information, he said. Exactly. Well, they have no self-awareness, Adam. Zero fucking self-awareness. Right-wingers are morons. All right. Speaking of black lives not mattering, uh, this is an infuriating story. Shikari Richardson is apparently one of the fastest fucking people in the world, if not the fucking fastest. But uh, we may never really find out. Well, he's independent now. Hanson doesn't work for anybody else. Like, it's it's his production company or some shit. Like, he, he's a YouTube show. He, like... I can't remember the name of the channel where I saw the show. It was more of, like, a pop culture YouTube thing. But, uh... There's, there's a video, like... The YouTube personality was like a Mare or a Mari or something like that. He was accused of, of being a little too friendly with some underage girls. Performance enhancing drug. I don't know all the details, but if you if you can find that video, do check it out. But Shikari Richardson is apparently accepting her penalty and will not be competing in the Olympics. She appeared on the Today Show this morning. Let's hear the interview. News tied to the Tokyo Olympics that we've been following all morning, Savannah. Yeah, Shakari Richardson, the U.S. women's 100-meter champion who dominated at the Olympic trials. Had- yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, when I saw she failed a drug test, I was assuming it was performance-enhancing drugs because... What? Pot? What? What? Now, I, she tells the story of why she smoked pot, and like it's very sympathetic here. T now with the stunning news tied to the Tokyo Olympics that we've been following all morning, Savannah. Yeah, Shakari Richardson, the U.S. women's 100-meter champion who dominated at the Olympic trials, has tested positive for marijuana following that race, and this morning that has put her Olympic future in doubt. Shakari's going to be with us for an exclusive live interview just ahead. But first, more on Richardson's remarkable journey that's drawn her comparisons to the legendary Flojo and what could be a stunning disappointment for an athlete who's won the hearts of millions. I, I believe it is. I don't think there's no, I don't think there is any overturning this, unfortunately. Shakari Richardson recently punched her ticket to Tokyo. Richardson's going to Tokyo. Unbelievable. <laughs> the fact that I am an Olympian, no matter what is said or anything, I am an Olympian. At the Olympic trials, the 21-year-old Dallas native won the 100-meter dash in a blazing 10.86 seconds, making her the fastest woman in America. But now it appears her Olympic dreams may have been put on hold. A U.S. Olympic source telling NBC News she failed a drug test after her finals win. 
testing. I always did comedy straight. I wouldn't let myself even smoke pot within like an hour. I would I would sip a beer until after I was off stage. Olympic team, and her failed test may cause her to lose her spot on Team USA entirely. Her Olympic trial. Oh wow! Automatically disqualified when she tested positive. That means she won't be allowed to compete in her signature event, the 100. Remember, testing positive for a drug that would make you worse at running. Chance she could compete in a different event. What's unclear is whether she will appeal the test result and the disqualification, or how long her suspension will last. NBC News has reached out to the USA Track and Field for official comment. Shakari captured the hearts of millions when she ran into the stands after her victory. And hugged her grandmother just a week Aww. after losing her biological mother. My family has kept me grounded. This year has been crazy for me. Going from just last week losing my biological mother, and I'm still here. And that's the reason why she smoked. Failed drug test. Richardson tweeted yesterday, "I am human, Savannah." Chanel, thank you. And Shakari Richardson joins us now. Good morning, Shakari. I just want to ask a simple question first. How are you doing? Um, I'm blessed to be alive. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> At least she's still smiling. This is a hard moment that you're in right now. And uh, I thank I'm, you for being on. I'm crushed for her. You wanted to tell your story. So tell me, you know, what happened? What led up to this positive test? Um... Just honestly, boy, just I want to take responsibility for my actions. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, no, I'm not. I'm I'm allowed not to do, and I still made that decision. But um, not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my case. But just, however, being in that position of my life, finding out something like that, something that I would say is probably one of the biggest things that. I do. I mean, Morgan, you you are correct that she has a financial opportunity whenever she retires. You are absolutely... Like, Snoop Dogg would sign her up to be an ambassador for his fucking weed brand. The only thing is, is like... Like, that was her, that was, that was her life. I mean, just... So few people get to do that. And like to deprive her of being able to go to the fucking Olympics, that's that's. Ugh. Yeah, she wants to run. That's like you know. I was gonna host a show on MSNBC. I've still got a. I've still got a radio show here. Blah blah blah, and financial opportunity. But I didn't get a. I didn't get a host a late show. That's it. That's that's the comparison right there. I almost got to host the late show. I almost got to sit in David Letterman's fucking seat. But I didn't. And it worked out. I'm gonna I'm gonna be financially sound because of it. But still, I didn't get to sit in that seat. And and that's something. Because yeah, the late show would mean more to me than the tonight show. I love Johnny Carson, but Dave was who I grew up on. Uh, so to me, well, one, I think the, I'm okay with the Olympics. I think the Olympics are, are cool and all like, I'm okay with the idea of the Olympics, but the international Olympic committee is shit. 
And those motherfuckers need to be disbanded. And the Olympics don't need to be moved. They need to be held like the same place. They don't need to be building these insane fucking stadiums that then rot away years after our eyesores. Municipalities can't do anything with them. It's a drain of local economies. Fuck the Olympics in that way. But like I like the I like the notion of, you know, especially like people like this, like Shikari gets to go and compete in front of the world. That's fucking cool. There's been a lot of cool moments at the Olympics. Fucking Kissinger is on the committee. How is Kissinger even still alive? When I when I messaged Sparkles and told her that Donald Rumsfeld had died, we had the celebration. I'm like, but don't forget, Kissinger's still alive. <laughs> the wind resistance she's getting from those eyelashes. She could be even faster. You're right. And negatively in my life when it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother. So that definitely was a very heavy topic on me. And people don't understand what it's like to have to. Our people do. We all have our different struggles. We all have our different things we deal with. But Oh, honey, I understand exactly what you're going through. And put on a face and hide my pain. Um... Like, who, I don't know, who are you, or who am I to tell you how to cope when you're dealing with a pain or you're dealing with a struggle that you've never experienced before or that you've never thought you would have to deal with? Like, who am I to tell you how to cope? Who am I to tell you? Now, she was she was in a legal state. I don't know if she So I think just honestly just thought about it. Mental health, dealing my, with my mental as is with leading up to the games. Um, every time stepping on the track, definitely expected to be um, a record breaking time or something like that. So, just with that um, pressure in itself, was also just another thing with this actually been my first full professional career, my first full professional um, circuit this year due to you know the pandemic. So, just Considering all of that, all of that put together, learned a long time with my, my agent, my sponsor, my my sponsorship, my family, uh, knowing me dealing with all of this. So, um, Shakari, I, I just want people to understand where you're coming from, um, and tell me if if this is correct. But you, it was a few days before your big race and the trials, you found out that your biological mother had passed away. Um, you found out when a reporter told you, and it was after that that um, you it ingested some kind of marijuana. I, I should mention a reporter Oregon, it's legal told her you didn't violate any law, but it was against the rules of your sport. And as you said, you knew that. But is is that what happened? Is that how this unfolded? Honestly, um, yes, that is the story. I had an interview scheduled with my agent. I knew I was having an interview. I knew. Um, going to an interview, like it was, I was just thinking, oh, been a normal interview, and then on the interview to hear that information come from a complete stranger, oh, was definitely triggering, was definitely nerve shocking, because it's just like, how are you to tell me that, like, you know, it's like, and not, no offense against him at all, he's just doing um, his job, but definitely that sent me in a state of mind. And she probably didn't smoke it, did she? And like Katie Couric was like, you and Jessica, like she took a she took a cookie or something. She ate a brownie or some shit. I'm in a state of, of emotional panic, if anything, 
and still knowing that I still, even though I'm here, I still have to go out and put on a performance for, um, put on a performance for my dream, go out there and still compete to what it is. So yes, yeah, definitely triggered and from there just blinded, with, blinded by emotions, blinded by sadness, blinded by just hurting, hiding hurt, honestly. For the fact that I know that I can't hide myself, so at least in some time. Tape pen, yeah. I mean, she's she's in Oregon. They got dispensaries. They probably got fucking cookies everywhere, gummies and shit. U.S. track and field, the anti-doping agencies now have a decision before them. Um, unfortunately, you will not be able to compete in the Olympics in your in your race, your individual race, hundred meters. Um, but there is a chance. It's it's a small chance, but there's a chance you could go to the Olympics and take part in the relay. Are you hopeful for that? Is that what you're holding out hope for at this moment? Right now, I'm just putting all of my... Five milligrams? Five mi- five mil... What? What I need to do is to heal myself. So... I think last time Sparkles made some kind of edibles for me, it was like fucking 300 milligrams. <laughs> it's like the one little brownie. I mean, like, I think she put like 100 milligrams of her, like her tincture in like my milkshake that night. I was in the floor because <laughs> that's the night she ordered hamburgers, and uh, I was in the floor. And I didn't want I didn't want the delivery person to see me, and I crawled under my desk because <laughs> she like she doped me up on so much fucking. Uh, she made uh, 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 oil. Eh, I mean, I just drive shit back to the black market. If I'm allowed to receive that blessing, then I'm grateful for it. But if not right now, I'm really just focus on myself. You know, um, what would your message be to those who are considering that right now, who are thinking about that, and to your fans, you know, who... Thinking about what? Smoking pot? So proud of your performance and maybe crushed just as you are in that moment. What would you want to say to them? I would like to say to my fans and my family, uh, my sponsorship, um, to the haters too. I, I apologize as much as I'm disappointed. I know that when I sit on the track, I don't represent myself. I represent a community that has shown me great support, great love. And to y'all, I feel y'all. And so I apologize for the fact that there's five mental there is five milligrams in the spittle on my microphone right now um and to the and what i would just leave with my fans or i would just leave out there is that like i tweeted and said yesterday i'm human we're human um my statement what i always say in my interviews um i want to be as transparent i'm sorry that she has to do this 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 press tour of apologies you should you've got nothing to apologize for it's never been a steroid. It will never be a steroid attached to the name Shakari Richardson. The charge and what the the situation was was marijuana. I'm not encouraging anybody to do it. I'm not saying oh don't do it or anything like that. But if you choose to do things um, in your personal time or things like that, you just should know or be aware of the consequences or just know or just find different ways to just cope or do what it is that you that will make you feel better but sitting here I, I just say don't judge me because I am human 
I'm, I'm you. I just happen to run a little faster. Um, I understand there's going to be people. We, that we don't like we don't like those Delta variants around here, sir. Understand? And I wouldn't miss, even call them haters if that's uh, if they want to choose to show their character of of a person, even after me saying what I it I, I've said um, and putting myself out there then that's just on you, your character, and you have to live with that. But I greatly appreciate being able to tell my side of the story. And like I said to my fans, my family, um, my sponsorship, and the haters, I greatly apologize if I let you guys down, and I did. And you didn't let us down, girl. Last time to Olympics, don't she? She carried Richardson. And this will be the last time the U.S. Um, doesn't come home with a gold medal in 100 Mm. And I feel Shakari lines up against me. Shakari, I uh, before I let you go, I just I think about you and the highs and lows you're fine to deal with, and you just I, does she? I don't know how running works. With your uh, like, is is that like a twenty year old, twenty two year old kind of thing? Is she going to be able to run in the next Olympics? But do you plan to keep keep running? Do you going to keep those Olympic dreams alive no matter what? Yes, this is just one game. I'm 21. I'm very young. Um, I'm, unlike most, I have plenty of games left in me to compete in, and I have plenty of talent that backs me up because like, um, everything I do comes to me naturally. No steroid, no anything. This incident was about marijuana. So after my sanction is up, I'll be back and able to compete. And every single time I step on the track, I'll be ready for whatever anti-doping agency to come and get what it is that they need. Well, ma'am, fuck the Olympics, but I hope you get to go to the next ones. Shakari Richardson, this is hell yeah. Before. Not easy. Well, Not good. Easy. I, I want. I hope I get to see her hold gold and answer those questions. And I in the next few years, then. Thank you. Thank you. So hell yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, this works out for her. Then hopefully, she still gets to go to the Olympics and compete next time. And and because of this, she's she's even more high profile. She signed some kind of deal with Snoop Dogg. I love it. I hope it works out for her. All right. Apparently, it has worked out for the people of New Orleans. They are going to get to celebrate Fourth of July with some fireworks. No pet video tonight. This is what. In uh, in broadcasting, this is called a kicker. Our kicker tonight is Will Smith saving Independence Day yet again. The show, Will Smith, he is helping to bring back a local 4th of July tradition this year. Yeah, the actors in town filming a new movie and the return of Go Forth on the River is just one celebration is that's it. One celebration that is making a post-COVID comeback. I'll get it out eventually. Danny Monteverdi has the story. It was news that blew up like a firework on Friday. Actor Will Smith saved the Go Forth in the River celebration with a donation of $100,000. The show was not expected. Good guy, Will. The Riverfront Marketing Group couldn't find the funds for the fireworks. As the group noted on its webpage later in the day, where there's a will, there's a way. Meanwhile, the stage was literally taking shape on City Park's Great Lawn Friday morning. With COVID-19 restrictions loosened up, it was once again time to welcome people back for the annual... Don't, how the fuck does Tom Brady still win? How the fuck? How, like... 
I mean, clearly Corbin would say he cheats, but like, I I do not understand QBs in football. Throws me the fuck off. Why is that the only position that apparently white men are better at? Like any other fucking sport, any other position, white men are better except the quarterback. Why? Explain that one to me. I don't get it. And I hate Tom Brady too. Fuck him. I'm not a football fan. I don't I don't know jack about football. Patriotic pyrotechnic pageantry at the Peristyle. Five o'clock tomorrow, the event opens as our annual Happy 3rd of July event. And of course, annual now is in quotes because it couldn't take place last year. So we're thrilled to have it back this year. Carol Lambright, the park's CEO, says she expects a large crowd to show up. Historically, we've had numbers as high as 15,000. We're certainly watching the weather closely. We hope you all will keep us informed. Um, uh, So, you know, I'm not sure how the weather will affect it or not. Look, we live in South Louisiana. (laughs) If you don't think it's going to rain, you're not paying attention. The ground at the Al Copeland Concert. Park in Metairie was wet and muddy in some spots. So, but Councilman Dominic. I'm assuming it's like Florida then. They just get showers. Is that kind of like the same weather? I've, not, I've actually never been to Louisiana. Um, Sparkles went to New Orleans. She wanted me to go, but I wasn't vaccinated yet, so I didn't go with her. And uh, Now that I think Sparkles may have the COVID, I, I may not go back out of the house again. Period. Fuck. I'm totally, I'm totally telling her to go get tested because she's got the sneezing symptoms that we talked about. Still go strong. We're talking about Will Smith saving Independence Day. By the way, that's what I'm going to do this weekend. Got the 4K TV, got the surround sound. I'm going to watch Independence Day for like the first time in 20 years. On Sunday, Sparkles was going to come over and we were going to make ribs, but apparently she's got the COVID Delta variant. Tony Camposado says he knows people are ready for a return to normalcy with the annual Uncle Sam Jam celebration. And the show will go on. Uncle Sam Jam. Like this, they're willing to weather the storm and willing to get through it. Uh, we're moving on as planned. We'll be. Listen. Okay, so. I get that they were banned, but like in in the last twenty years, wouldn't have that? Wouldn't we have already seen? Like, there's only been what two or three high profile black QBs. Okay, so it, like you're you're telling me like there are there is progress being made. I once again I don't keep I did keep up with football when I was a kid. I actually really like I like football. I can sit down and watch a football game and know what's going on. I just I got to the point where with sports I'm kinda like, you know, that's oh, three hours of my life. I could have been doing something else and you know. It's awesome when you uh when it's a really good game and it's tight and you you're like nothing can replicate that. That is a really cool feeling. It just happens so rarely. I don't think it's worth all the time you have to put into sports. It's the same thing with NASCAR. I used to be a NASCAR fan because when you get down to, you know, the final laps and it's a thrilling neck-to-neck race, that's fucking awesome. But, like, most of the races are boring as shit. (laughs) 
You same thing with UFC fights, man. You see a good UFC fight, there is nothing that will make your dick harder. Just most of them are kind of boring. I I hope so. Be here starting at three o'clock tomorrow. Danny Monteverdi, Eyewitness News. Oh, I I was completely ignoring all their all their fun shit. But anyway, Will Smith saved the Fourth of July celebration. Whatever town in Louisiana that was, which is good on him. All right, I am going to take Monday off. I will not be here. I'm going to be observing the 4th of July holiday. I'm up. We'll be back on Tuesday. If you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Riverboat Jack. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We will see you Tuesday night on the Troll Patrol live.